Welcome to the California Improvement Network's podcast series on building effective partnerships to address social needs that impact health. During this series, you will hear about real-life struggles and triumphs from those doing the work and gain ideas you can use in your own partnerships for addressing social needs. As California Improvement Network, or CIN, is a learning and action network, we hope that as you listen, you will consider what you can apply to your work and identify at least one action you can take to advance the partnerships you have. CIN is a project funded by the California Healthcare Foundation and administered by Health Force Center at UCSF. To learn more about the California Improvement Network and access other resources for addressing social needs that impact health, visit our website at www.chcf.org. All right, we have here today to talk about building effective partnerships between healthcare organizations and community-based organizations. We have Amanda Daigle, who's the project manager of Children's Hospital LA, and I have Joanna Garcia, who's a research associate at Ultimate Health Services. So welcome. Thank you both for being here today. I wanted to start by talking a little bit about how your partnership started. If you could just share a little bit about the work that you're currently doing together and what you've done to kind of lay a foundation for maintaining this partnership that you have together. Sure. We are partnered through our organization. So um, Children's Hospital Los Angeles and, and Ultimed have kind of a formal partnership between the organizations that there's multiple co-branded pediatric clinics and one located at the hospital itself um, and one off-site. Um, that's kind of the bigger context for the partnership, but we received a, a grant a couple years ago now to begin to address food insecurity um, within our clinic, multiple clinics as well given the kind of high um, prevalence of food insecurity within our patient population. This partnership really began in figuring out how do we better address workflows within our two clinics to ensure that we'd been already screening for food insecurity, I think since 2017 or around that time, but really figuring out how do we better do that within our clinics, make that a bit more strategic, and also have an after that if somebody's screening positive, you know, what happens after that? that we can better intervene. And so we were really working together within our, our both of our agencies to lead this grant and kind of the um, implementation of it to work with our case managers, our physicians, our kind of clinic administration to really make sure that we we're all really on the same page and figure out how do we, again, best address food insecurity. So it kind of came from an already established partnership and really just made sense that we had a lead from both of our organizations to be able to communicate kind of on both ends and make sure that both of our agencies were really communicating with each other for really like the best outcomes for our patients. From what I understood, Amanda had been working, there had been like a, a pilot project to kind of showcase or lay the, the baseline for some of the food and security work that this grant kind of took on. And because I had been working with on different CHLA Altamed projects, they're just like, okay, you're, you're familiar with the structure there. Can you take on this project? And Amanda, I think that I'm not sure if that was the same mm -hmm. for on your end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we had done work within Ultimate Partnership in the general pediatrics clinics around. We'd done kind of a, an informal, but formal, I guess, uh, needs assessment just to see what are the social needs within our patient population. We had done um, kind of informal focus groups within the community. We had done a pilot um, screener within one of our clinics, just to really, I think, gain more information about what are the social needs, what are the gaps in care, and where can we address those things within a pediatric practice, and food insecurity being one of them. So 
that kind of discussion that we had had with, especially within the community and those informal conversations had brought up a lot around the need for not even just access to food generally, but access to quality food and healthy food, particularly in the communities that our clinics serve. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of, it came from work we were, were already doing. It was similar, I think for me, I was already kind of doing that work within the partnership. And so I think it just kind of aligned for, for Joanna and I to be involved. You know, it's just, it sounds like the two of you have really, you know, been partnering together for a number of times. If, if not the two of you, then certainly your, both of your organizations. And I'm just curious to hear, you know, what do this, what do you both think makes your partnership so strong? How do you, what do you do to make it, to continue to do the work together for the program and for your patients? This is pre, even pre, pre-COVID that everything was moved electronically. I think I've, I've seen Amanda or met her, seen her in person like a handful of times. <laughs> um, so we've been able to communicate, I think, just using the technology. And really, I think even this opportunity with you, Marie, how we loop each other in, like if something comes, comes up on the ultimate side, I'm like, okay, well, let me, let me check in with Amanda and see what her thoughts are. And I think I, I get the same sense from Amanda. So we try to keep each other in the loop. So we're kind of on the same page, even if something sometimes are, I have to lead them from the ultimate side or she has to lead them from the C- CHLA side, but we're always on the same page. Yeah, I think for sure. I think, I mean, Joanna's just a joy to work with, but I think more than that, it's same. just, so <laughs> it's for sure communication. I think kind of like you're saying, Marie, our, our agencies already have like a very strong established partnership and. And so I think that communication was kind of already there. And again, I think it, it made sense for us to be focusing on this really specific topic together and I think really keeping each other in the loop and knowing when, because obviously we also have separate agencies kind of outside of this partnership. And like, I always feel like I know what's happening in Ultimate and within that space because of Joanna and the, and the team on that side of things. And I think I, I'm hoping, I think same on kind of the hospital side that we're all kind of doing the same work, right? Like it's all, but it's just kind of within these separate like agencies and partnerships and making sure that we're all kind of on the same page and that if there's resources around food insecurity coming from the hospital side, you know, if there's new information coming from the county that, you know, that's been sent to me again on like hospital side of things, um, then I'm making sure I'm sending that over to our case manager and Joanna is always CC'd on those things um, so that we're all kind of building this together. So I think communication has been really, really key. And it's it's always really easy to communicate with, with Ultimate and um, with Joanna specifically, um, which I think has really made our partnership strong and really um, built it to kind of where it is now. Yeah, I mean, communication is key with any partnership or even a relationship, it's about, you know, making sure that you're on the same page and that you know, you know, what each other, each other's organizations need to move the work forward. Have you experienced a time when, you know, your communication, there was a communication breakdown or there was a barrier to your communication and, you know, what did you do to address that? I mean, I think that between the two of us, I would say probably not, but I think generally within like our grant team, I think there's a lot of players within it. And I think so it's bound to happen that, you know, something is either miscommunicated or just like we forgot to like CC a certain person on an email just because it happens, right? I think those sorts of things have happened, but thankfully we all are in pretty constant communication and we have regular meetings. Joanna and I talk and meet 
every other week formally. And then sometimes in between that as well. And then we have one kind of big meeting with the whole grant team each month. And so I think that helps that kind of specific time that we all have to meet together, I think does help us kind of clarify things and make sure that if there have been miscommunications, you know, making sure that we're addressing that. I think a lot of it has come from really addressing it pretty immediately and not allowing things to continue to get miscommunicated. There hasn't been anything major, but again, I think just having so many people involved in a grant project or just a project in general, it's just kind of bound to happen. Yeah. And I think on, on my end too, like Amanda mentions, like when something comes up, if I don't have the answer right away, I, we have like a grant manager that, that helps kind of guide all the administrative things on the project. So I'll reach out to her or I'll Skype her. I'm like, hey, this is going on. What do you suggest? And she will kind of move it through the proper channels for me and determine, you know, what the next steps, but just like being in communication with, with we have an extended grant team. And then I, I would say that there's like a core team. So just keeping everyone or tailoring to see who, who does, who can help us with this. Yeah, I think making sure that like you have a really clear, workflow or just kind of organizational structure and that everybody is on the same page of knowing, you know, if something comes up with, you know, we have run out of gift card money, um, which has happened, which no, that's no miscommunication. That's just, we, we need gift cards. And who do we contact to make sure that we are able to access more? Can we ship money around? So I think it's just knowing who we need to contact for what. And again, I think having also a lead on kind of both sides of things of, of Ultimed and CHLA. Again, I think that make has made it really helpful to be able to, to communicate when things happen. So I, I think just having it be really clear here, which I think it, it is for the most part within our partnership um, and within this grant specifically of kind of who our grant manager is, who our PI is, if there's any sort of like workflow issues within our clinic, we know that we go to our clinic administrator. So I think for us, it's it's very clear who we go to, which has helped a lot with anytime anything comes up. And, it, and it's a pretty immediate response, I would say. Yeah, it sounds to me, you've perfected the partnership, call it done. <laughs> but I'm curious, uh, what do you both get out of doing this work together? I mean, I, I've always loved, I think, collaboration. And I, I think my my perspective has always been that I think within healthcare, with any sort of, whether it's healthcare, social services, or any other um, area, I think you can't do everything yourself with whether that's an individual or an agency, that each agency has its own expertise. But, you know, I think, again, looking at like healthcare, there's so much that goes into your health. That's not just obviously going to the doctor or your kind of physical health is impacted by so many things. And so I think my perspective has always been that you need to also look outward uh, to figure out what kind of internal strengths you have and utilizing them and what can you actually do to address these things internally. But again, also knowing that you, you can't be an expert on everything. And so being able to look to collaborations and partnerships, and I think that is what I kind of get from this is being able to collaborate with another group of people and people within the clinic that have expertise in different areas and that we're all kind of coming together um, with the one common goal of helping our patients access food and healthy food and reduce experiences of food insecurity. And that, I think that takes a village, but that's, it's such a massive issue that it's not just that one agency can solve that. 
And so I, I think that's what I've, I've gotten out of this is I've, I've genuinely really enjoyed getting to work with a, a different agency and really get to problem solve this together because it is so complicated. And I think it requires quite the team effort. And we have by no means perfected that. I think we're still very much working on how do we, you know, figure this out a little bit more upstream. But I think this is kind of the start is being able to work with those within the community around you. And I think, again, just really coming together for for a common goal. So I think it's, and again, I think also personally working with Joanna specifically, I think we have really similar mindsets in, in that way. And I think that's helped push some things forward. When we started working on this project on this specific topic, I personally didn't have too much experience on food insecurity. I was working on other projects around child development, similar population, same clinic. So a lot of the the patient population was similar, but I think that I didn't have any too much experience on just this topic. And I've learned a lot. And I think I we were working on this project prior to to COVID, and then we've seen how the project, the need was always there, but COVID just blew the, this topic up. And we've kind of just had to pivot in different ways to to reach our patients in, in different modes and different mediums. Because I think Amanda and I are very passionate about, you know, just helping the patients in any way we can. So I think, and, and same, I think I, I've really enjoyed working with Amanda. And I think we just tag team a lot of, a lot of the work for sure, <laughs> which is needed. What would be, you know, one thing that you could pick out that you have been able to achieve together in your partnership that you might not have been able to achieve um, separately um, at your organization? I mean, I, I know from, from my perspective, and Joanna's is maybe different, but I mean, there's probably there's a few things, but I think one of the most, I think, important has been being able to, Joanna's really headed the kind of data poll of working within our EHR system, our um, electronic health record system, to really pull our data, to really get a quantitative understanding of what our kind of food insecure population looks like, how many people are screening food in, for food insecurity or screening positive. And I think matching that kind of with how we build resources, I think within the case management side. So I think that to me has been a massive kind of team effort of you know, I don't have access to the EHR and things like that because that is um, fully ultimate. So I think Joanna has really been able to to do that kind of work. I think it would have been much more complicated and I think less robust in terms of, you know, what can we now do with all of this information? How can we go for more money? How can we, I think, better build this program to address food insecurity in a way that's not necessarily just kind of a band-aid solution, but how do we really go upstream and really work to kind of on a higher level be addressing kind of root causes of food insecurity or again just like access issues so I think on on our side it's been a lot of kind of helping build up those resources working with our staff to kind of make them aware that this program um, is happening and again we we just would not have I think been able to do this in such a robust way without Joanna's team I think really doing a lot of the data and evaluation stuff. So, I mean, I think that's kind of, a, a, for me, like a big picture. And Joanna's might be a, a different kind of takeaway. Compared to some of the other projects I, I was on, I think because this was like built into the EHR, for example, it was e- easier to, to pull the, a report to quantify and show us exactly, you know, what the rates of screening were. And, and we've, we've tweaked it and are still tweaking the reports 
like constantly. I think that's definitely been a plus. But also, I think just generally, I, I'm not located or was not located even previous to COVID at the clinic. So I was always at out of the offices, the corporate offices. So I think some of this work has allowed me to connect with patients on a more personal level. I think that, as Amanda mentioned, we had like a little pro- pilot out of this project where we were um, sending food to families and rolling them to food delivery programs. So Amanda and I split the families. It was a really small cohort, but we split the families and we were calling patients directly to enroll them into this food delivery like a box that they were going to be receiving at home. And I think I was kind of moving into the research team with an ultimate. I didn't think I was going to still be able to interact with patients in that way. So for me, it's been the ability, especially um, I think with everything going on right now around this topic and COVID that I was able to see the impact of the work we're doing directly with some of the conversations we've had with, with these patients that we're calling. Yeah, I think that that was my kind of other thought was our food delivery program that like no way could we have done that. I think without the support of Altamed and I think even just logistically, like Joanna was saying, we, again, cause it was such a small pilot um, and we're, you know, we're both kind of like a team of many people, but also at the same time, it is still like small probably in comparison to other teams. And so managing those accounts, I think was, you know, very logistically, I think was neat. The partnership was needed there. Um, and I agree. I think being able to um, interact with patients and have really like a better understanding of kind of what's happening on kind of ground level, I suppose. And I just remember that I, some of the families that, for example, we were calling, we would kind of just break them up based on the language that the patient was speaking. So like I, I could call yes. the Spanish speaking patient and Amanda would take the English speaking patients. Mm-hmm. So we would just like, okay, split. Okay. So it was really helpful to have like a partner in that situation. Unfortunately, I don't speak Spanish and so many of our patient families do. And so, yeah, that I could not have genuinely could not have done that without Joanna. So getting into uh, advice for our listeners, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier, but one of the words that we use in CIN often is failures. We consider it to be a helpful word, even though it's often hard to think about your work as a failure because you continue to make progress and improve on the challenges that you encounter. But I'm going to push us to talk a little bit about some failures that you might have encountered in the work that you do together. So I'm wondering if one of you or both of you could just give me an example of something you considered to be a failure in the work that you do together and kind of what you did to address that to continue to move the work forward. I guess I'm thinking of the food insecurity, the the second iteration of the food delivery program. And that one, I guess, I suppose a failure that I feel personally was maybe not having the full bandwidth to give like the, the patients the experience that I wanted to give them, I think. So for example, I think we were supposed to be like doing weekly calls mm-hmm. and that wasn't always the case for me. So I think that how we pushed that forward as I think at the end, um, and we're doing that now as, as a project wrapped up, we're calling and getting their feedback on what they thought. So we're supposed to be doing like pre kind of like a post pilot of the food delivery boxes to see how, how they felt that program was, was, was it helpful for them? And I think for me, it's like knowing that I think it was kind of right in the middle of um, the pandemic for some of the work that we were doing (laughs) and everything was just not this project, but other things were happening. And I think maybe um, knowing when we were like capped out, I don't know what we should have taken on. And I think that maybe we didn't, I didn't give the the families the experience that they they needed. 
kind of going off of what Joanna said. Um, yeah, we had two iterations of our food delivery program. And I think that the first one, it also happened right at the beginning of the pandemic. It was like kind of like February and then like everything happened. And I know for me there, I think the beginning of like working from home and everything, it was, it was stressful, but I think it allowed for a bit more time. And I, I think we both probably, for whatever reason, I think we're really able to, to give everything to that one. And the second iteration, yeah, I think it became really clear. And I think for another iteration moving forward, how much you need a dedicated person, whether or not that's, you know, not necessarily full time, but I think somebody who has like a percentage of their time dedicated to creating and like coordinating a program like that, because I, yeah, I think it ended up just being that we, we didn't, neither one of us, I think really had the bandwidth to carry out that program in the way that we both wanted to. Cause I think I know that, in, and I think in a, in a good way, this is not like new information that I'm hearing now that like, oh, we both felt like the same. We, we talked about this um, and we were, I think, really transparent with each other that like it, we weren't able to kind of give our all and that we weren't able to, we didn't have the time to call the families every week. And, you know, cause I think originally we, we had talked about when we first had kind of written the proposal for this, before the first iteration that we wanted to be able to, you know, reach out to the families and if they needed some staple like rice and beans or something this week, and um, that we could add that. And I know for me, it ended up being whatever was automatically put in that box. That's what ended up going out yeah. and which was, you know, still like a positive thing that a family was getting fresh fruits and vegetables delivered to their door. But I think we had both wanted that to be a much more like hands-on. We were really connecting with that family um, process and we we just didn't have the bandwidth to do that. So yeah, I think that really reminded me, (laughs) cemented for me that for a program like this, I think our food delivery program was probably one of the more successful parts of this and that I think it really addressed food insecurity in a way that like giving somebody a $20 gift card one time does not. But, but definitely requires a lot more work, a lot more time, and really important, I think, to have somebody who is able to do that. So yeah, I would, I would totally agree with you on that one. I guess to move forward, we now know how much, mm-hmm. when, when we, repro- if we propose this again for the project, how much we should be allocating or how much time someone should be working on this. We learned that. Yeah. And, and I think like for me too, it, it, it just reiterates to me that I think going into a project like this, I think how Joanna and I both see this. And I think our grant team in general is that, you know, social determinants of health work is integral to healthcare and that we don't want it to just kind of be necessarily the side thing that, okay, we have 10 minutes. We'll, we'll do this today, I guess, which is not necessarily how we felt about it, but I think that you want to make sure that there are people dedicated to putting as much time and effort into these kinds of programs as we are it, that it's standard of care isn't necessarily just like some additional thing that we do, but it is integral into the care that we provide. And I think then it's important that we have people dedicated to do that. I think moving forward that I think we would love to see that program or something like it continue because I know for at least for the first iteration, we had really good feedback. And so I think we, again, would love to propose this again. And I think would do so also proposing um, whether that's case manager's time or we have a specific program coordinator to really help support this um, and make sure that it can be the program that we envision. 
what are, you know, one or two pieces of advice you'd give to our listeners who are engaging in similar partnerships? I think communicate. <laughs> That's Yeah, I think like set something on the calendar mm-hmm. with whatever partner they're going to partner with just right off the bat. I think that's what Amanda and I did. And we just, mm-hmm. that's when you meet and sometimes you don't have anything to share, but sometimes you do. And it's just like there. So, you know, that that mm-hmm. space is available. Yeah. No, I think having, again, I think like we've said, like, I think clear expectations at the beginning and, and knowing that, that those will change too, that workflows change. I think being flexible to just the changing world, which I think we experience in a really, I mean, we've all experienced on such a massive scale. And I think thankfully our partnership was already strong um, within this project. And so it was no doubt stressful. I think when COVID happened and is happening, but I, I don't think back and now look at our communication, even kind of the work within the greater team. I don't think that there was really any sort of hiccup there um, that we all were able to really figure out, okay, how do we problem solve this? What do we do now? How do we change our workflows? And I think that was like a pretty automatic thing because we thankfully had already established kind of, again, who does what and how we communicate. So I I think establishing that really early at the beginning and having conversations about if things aren't working, be transparent with each other, I think is important. And most importantly, is just really like communicating regularly. I want to just take a moment to thank you both so much for being a part of this conversation um, and for giving advice to our listeners and for sharing uh, the work that you do together, but also separately at your own organization. So Amanda, Joanna, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to the CIM podcast series on building effective partnerships to address social needs that impact health. As I mentioned at the start, we ask you to consider what did you hear in this conversation that can be applied to your work and what actions will you take to continue to advance your partnerships in your communities and with your healthcare partners. This podcast and others are located on our website at www.chcf.org cin and we look forward to sharing the next conversation with you coming soon.